What's your story? Whether you're a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients' long-term financial success. Welcome to the WIN Podcast. What's important now with Corey Hymanson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Hymanson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning, while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. Hello, and welcome to the Win Podcast with your host, Corey Hymanson. Corey, you're the man. What's going on? Eric, good to see you again. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. It's uh. We, we love these evergreen podcasts that have good information year round, but we're in a time of year and we won't say what time of year because we like to keep it mysterious, but it's definitely barbecue season. I think that's a fair statement. I, I mean, I like statement? to barbecue, you know, I can barbecue in the winter too. True. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Last time I barbecued in the winter, my wife was so mad with all the smoke in the house that I got in trouble. So. <laughs> Okay, maybe I'm not, am, I, am I not doing it right, Corey? Correct. I don't know. I'm just thinking maybe George Foreman created a whole in industry of indoor grilling because yeah. of winter. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I, I think my parents used to have, uh, what was it called? It was called a Gen Air. Do you remember those things? It was like <laughs> built next to your stove. It was like part of your stove and you could actually grill right there and it sucked the air down so you didn't have smoke in your house. Yeah. I missed that. Was that like before the invention of the microwave or what are we even talking about? <laughs> yeah, how old do you think I am? First of all, how old do you think my parents are? Anyway, yeah, okay, we won't. I hope my mom and dad don't listen to this podcast now. You just, you caught me off guard with this. This Usually it's my job to throw tangents out there, but right. you caught me off guard. I don't know. Well, instead of, you know, sitting here grilling uh, red meat, we're going to grill your guest. You have a guest on the show today. I'm going to let you grill him. Yeah, um, who'd I you bring on and what are you talking about? Yeah, I've got a guest here and he's looking at me like, what did I get into? You know, we're talking <laughs> Why about am I here? <laughs> indoor grilling. This is not what was on the rough uh, pre-show discussion. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I've got a young gentleman here, Zach Springer. Yeah. Hey, Corey, how's it going? Happy to be here. Uh, excited to chat with you for a while. And I love indoor and outdoor grilling, whatever it is. All yes. Right. I like I, this guy. I, I like that. I like the, like the excitement, uh, versatility. You got it all. But uh Anyway, I've known Zach for a long time, uh, local from, from my city, my neck of the woods, but uh, we're just going to learn more about him. And he's actually a recent graduate from the University of Iowa, right? Yep, that's exactly right. And uh, graduated from University of Iowa just a few weeks ago with degrees in economics, political science. Then I had a minor in philosophy as well, but grew up in Rock Rapids, was born in Wichita, Kansas, actually. But uh, my dad was finishing his residency and then got a job at the local hospital here. Uh, so moved here when I was probably about six months old. Grew, grew up, uh, went to middle school, elementary school, high school here, graduated from Central Line in 2019. Grew up kind of getting involved in, in sports, fine arts, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, then I went off to Iowa and really enjoyed my time there as well. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and so we're going to give a little precursor to maybe where this topic's going or conversation. But uh, Eric, the title of this show is Raising the Bar. Mm, I like that. That's and so I mean, that could mean a lot of things. Playing words. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, where we're going with this and, and maybe people will catch that drift. You know, Zach here mentioned political science. Right. Yep. And, and so 
what does that what does that mean for people or i mean a fair amount of people when they go into that type of choice of study what's the next career path yeah i mean kind of the stereotype of of getting a political science degree is is sort of law school or something government related um but yeah i'm planning on attending law school in the fall um but yeah that's kind of the stereotypical i guess political science path sure so you know from a from a higher level view do you want to be president of the united states someday Ooh, geez. I don't know. I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe a high level judge. The dream would obviously be the Supreme Court. I don't know if I could pivot into politics and have half the country hate me, though. <laughs> that does seem like the dream of, of, of the average politician, right? Hatred, yeah, division. I, I don't know. I just I, I want to be, you know, well liked, I guess. And I suppose no matter what government job you get, you're going to be hated by some people. But I don't know. Think in private sector right now. Okay. Okay. So let's let's go back in time a little bit to let's go even like high school. I mean, um, studying, was there a point in, in high school where you thought, boy, I know what my path is after high school? There, I'd say it was more of a gradual sort of decision. So my mom's a lawyer too, and that's sort of okay. where I got the idea. I kind of grew up around the practice, grew up at her firm. I did an internship there one summer, got to talk to a lot of different lawyers, and that was sort of what piqued my interest, I guess. And I'd say I really committed to the decision in, in college at Iowa through my poli-sci studies. And then I also did a lot of research in like legal research, political research. And I think that was sort of what solidified my decision. So I think less less one shocking moment that, that made me want to go to law school and more of a gradual decision of, yeah, this is something that I really enjoy and could see myself doing. Right. And for the average listener, even myself included, you know, I guess I don't even know what the process looks like from, from let's, let's go from that point where you said, you know, maybe this lawyer, political science, politics, you know, whatever that means. I don't, I assume you just don't, do your classes of undergrad, and then you're off and running for the next step. I assume there's a process of preparation or studying, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a long process, the law school admissions. And what you're actually seeing now is more people are taking time in between undergrad and law school, working for a few years, and then putting their application together. So I'm a bit unique in the sense that I'm going straight from undergrad to law school. But basically, I mean, the first step is, you know, get good grades. Your GPA matters quite a bit, and then you take the LSAT. And then once you're through all of that, you start developing your application. So you create your personal statement, all of your various essays, all of your research in the different schools, and you sort of provide this, quote compelling narrative and you submit it to all the law schools and then you go through interviews um, and, and potentially more than one interview at schools and, and basically it's just a really long process and um, happy to be done with it that's for sure. <laughs> so, when you when you said what'd you say personal statement or what was that reference to uh, or is it like a mission statement or a personalized objective you said yeah, something there, I missed it. It's it, it's sort of infamous in the law school admissions world because every admissions officer says, you can write about anything you want. Um, okay. And it's a two-page essay. And basically through that, you need to tell a compelling story about why you want to go to law school. And that's okay. a very, very broad um, like right. prompt for an essay. And that's what makes it so challenging. Right. And I actually wrote about my time in, in Rock Rapids and growing up in high school okay. um, and, and rural healthcare. So that's kind of what I drove my narrative through. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that's sort of what the personal statement is. I, I laugh because in my industry, if you ever talk to any coaches in our industry or investment companies, they always are, you know, trying to give you ideas and suggestions for improving um, people's view of you or, or the way you do business. And so the, the, the famous one, and Eric's going to laugh at this, is 
the elevator speech. Right, Eric? Yeah, seven seconds long. That's it. <laughs> so, it's got to be seven seconds. I've, I've always struggled with this that I just think it's corny as hell, you know, but I mean, so I'm going to throw, I'm throwing you under the bus here, Zach. If, if now I was going to say a, like a 20 second ride on the elevator, but, but Eric's saying you got seven seconds on the elevator. It's the express and, version. Let's go. <laughs> it's a fast <laughs> elevator. So if, if I'm a random stranger, people aren't supposed to talk to random strangers, but you know, if, if I, if I said to you on an elevator, like, who are you? What's your mission or your goal? What would be your, uh, your elevator pitch? Yeah. So, so basically what I talked about is, you know, I'm, I'm from a small community. I grew up in a very tight knit environment. I got close to a lot of the people. Um, I, I saw rural businesses and sort of what I want to do is, is help, you know, communities, rural communities, bigger communities, help businesses grow and thrive, um, through legal work is, is sort of the very broad encompassing view of, of what my personal statement was about. Sure. What was that, Eric? Was that more than seven seconds? He was really close. I thought that was great. <laughs> I tried to make it concise. It's hard though. I laugh because, you know, if you, if you turn the tables and ask me that question, I'd say, well, in a drab voice, I'd say I'm a financial advisor. And instantly that turns people off in an elevator because they think, oh my God, this guy's going to try and sell me something, you know? And so. Well, I'm er sure lawyers the same way. People don't <laughs> yeah. like hearing about lawyers. <laughs> right. You know, and so. You know, I it sounds like the beginning of a joke, guys. I'm just, a lawyer, and a financial advisor standing in an elevator. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, so. you know that that Eric's always telling me I, I need to tell more people I'm a podcaster because that's way cooler, and then that would oh, yeah. you know intrigue people into a bigger conversation. But I, actually, when it's all said and done, if you see me in public in some strange city in an elevator, I'm probably one of those people that kind of says hello or nods <laughs> and then just stares at the front of the elevator and not not really looking for meeting a lot new a lot of new people yeah <laughs> yep. can't say i blame you on that one <laughs> so there you go so ah oh, boy we got a lot going on but let, how about the lsats there so you mentioned that um what how would one prepare for that is that a fair question or yeah no that's a really good question and, and the also it's a very interesting test because i guess i'll compare it to the mcat like which the med school admissions test and, and that's like hard knowledge you know you're, you're getting tested on physics chem bio all of these very hard skills and the lsat's nothing like that because as an undergrad you don't learn anything about the law itself so they're not going to ask you what does right. statute 37 of the iowa code say right it's it's strictly a test of, of logic um and so basically there's three different sections and through those sections they test your ability to sort of interpret arguments, find weaknesses, um, strengths, flaws in various arguments, um, point out like different narratives in, in like reading prompts. Or then they have the, the, my favorite one is the logic games, which it's literally like Corey's standing in front of Zach. Zach is standing in front of Eric. What number is Zach in the line? It's going to be a little more complicated than that, but <laughs> it's those like games and they're basically testing your logic. And uh, they say it's the, the single best indicator of success in your first year of law school, but it's definitely an interesting test, but it is one that you can study for. Um, so you basically teach your brain to almost think in a different way, thinking through arguments. Yeah. So boy, that, that gets my wheels turning, you know, so I'm comparing the sex successful mind of an attorney, let's say, versus a surgeon or a medical professional. Okay. So would you say, and you, you certainly don't have to agree with me, but I mean, would, would the medical professional be more of a, yes, I know this answer type person where the legal person is more 
thinking. <laughs> I, yeah. I, don't, I don't want people to go away like, boy, Corey hates <laughs> medical professionals. But you know what I mean? No, I, I think that's fair. I think lawyers, it's their job to take more of an investigative approach. Like they're given this this problem and they right. they want to be fact finders. Um, one, one similarity, I would say both need to be very, very attentive to detail, um, maybe in different ways. But yeah, I think that's, right. a, that's a fair comparison. Well, and I know you have, you know, some interest or education and economics and we can go down that path too but it, it gets me excited when you say even like fact finder yeah. you know because a lot of people think people on my side of the desk or the table just do charts and graphs and <laughs> you know you get the same thing as the last person or the next person but you know so anybody that's listened to my podcast before knows where i'm going with no and it's got to be personalized and it doesn't yes. matter matter if it's uh working with an attorney on your situation working with a medical professional or me or an accountant i mean you got to you got to determine what the goals and objectives are, what the person is and all that good stuff that it isn't just boilerplate. That's maybe is how true. I should say that. Yeah. There's not just one right answer to a problem. Every person's going to have different interests, goals right. and yeah, being very personalized. It's true. So on that economics front, uh, did you enjoy that part or, or not? Oh, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Uh, econ actually. So I didn't start as an, as an econ major. I picked it up second semester of my freshman year just because I found it really interesting because I had taken micro microeconomics first right. semester. Um, and it actually became like my main major. I, I honored in economics. So I wrote like a thesis that probably is really boring. Um, but I, I found it to be quite interesting learning sort of a broad page. I did more of the macro. So like, um, I like broad market and less right. like super micro business focused. Um, right. But I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot from it. Well, and I think a lot of people that don't get a kick out of economics, let's say, or, or haven't really dove into it or don't feel like they want to, they, they don't understand essentially the way things work. I, I, that sounds like a really simple sentence, but I mean, for, for example, I mean, people look at headlines mm -hmm. generally, or, you know, if we go back if we go back in time to earlier in 2023, the whole debt ceiling yep. type debate. And, and honestly, the average person, one could argue the average uh, newscaster reporting this stuff, neither one probably understands what they're really uh, discussing or what percentage of our country's spending is even really in play with the debt ceiling that's not mandatory, basically. Yep. You know what I mean? People, people watch one of those headlines and they think, Oh, they're going to cut my social security and Medicare They're, you know, or, you know, things like that. But truth be told, a large portion of our economy, government-based spending is, is in law that mm -hmm. has to be made. And you know what I mean? That what's the, what's the end part of that whole tangent, Eric? I, I think it's that uh, headlines are, are skewed. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely true. I think e having sort of a framework of fiscal and monetary policy through economics and, and we all know like the basic supply and demand, it doesn't always work out perfectly, but it's a great framework to at least right. base decisions on and, and analyze different things that are going on in the market. Right. And boy, you're hitting it there. I like that because I tell people this all the time over time, markets are efficient, mm -hmm. but you know, day to day, none of this stuff you know, it could all be out the window, but over time there are efficiencies, you know right. what I mean? And, and so a lot of this stuff, you just have to be able to take the emotion out of it and yeah. that can go to healthcare. That can go to law. That can go to politics, you know, and, and boy, that's hard for people to do. And I, I took a couple of classes in behavioral economics too, which was really interesting. Cause then you do sort of bring in the people aren't always rational. You know, they make decisions based right. on emotion. And that's another, that's more psychology, I guess, based, but that's right. really interesting too. Funny you'd say that. Before I came on this uh, recording today, 
had an email from a client. And so without divulging names <laughs> or identities, um, basically the point of it was, yeah, you know, when we opened account number four or whatever it is, the goal was eight years from now. And now it's been three and, and they're, they're questioning me. Well, maybe we should change the strategy because, you know, year two didn't work out so well. And that was a year where the market essentially was down in the bond market, down the uh, equity side. And so I reminded them that if you're on an eight, let's say an eight hour plane trip or an eight year market strategy objective in an account, you don't bail on the plan mid-flight or <laughs> mid-year, you know what I mean? You, you don't change objectives because of headlines or irrational thinking. Yeah, I mean, you have to trust the process. And when you're, when you're in financial advisory, I feel like you're not gonna get rich quick. Like it's not a scheme, you know, you have, right. to, you have to trust that the market's gonna work out and money will grow. Yeah, the goal of, of all this is really, people get wealthy over time because of good saving versus spending habits and good income producing um, ability. They right. go out to get the education or they find the job or niche that fits them and then they, they excel at it. You know, and so um, we're not on this podcast, no offense to you, saying everybody's got to be an attorney that goes to school for five, six, seven, eight years or 12 years or, you know, um, but it's great that our society needs different people in different roles. Right, right. By exactly. all means. So here's the big reveal <laughs> that inter people might be interested in. So as far as I know, Zach here has not told tons and tons of people where he is going to attend law school. A few, but a few. Not, not a ton, I guess. Okay, we don't have a billboard yeah. outside your house. <laughs> right, so exactly. just for fun, just because, you know, some of the people listening to this podcast don't know who you are. So, right. you know, we'll have a little surprise here. So <laughs> you you have brought along with you today three baseball hats, yep. I see. And I want you to go ahead and tell me the names of those three schools that are logoed on these baseball hats. Yeah, it's kind of fun when you get an admittance, a lot of times they'll send you a hat. So right in front of me, I have my three like kind of top choices. So one is uh, UPenn, University of Pennsylvania. One is Harvard Law School, and one is the University of Virginia. And you visited all these places, right? I, I did, yep. I spent second semester sort of visiting. Um, did, you, did you visit other places as well? I did. I visited Columbia and NYU. Yeah, so you had a you put a lot of research and thought into this. Yep. It, it was a big decision. It was, it's a big decision. <laughs> so where we're going with this is, you know, sometimes, uh, athletes on signing day, <laughs> will will bring out the hats and their mom and dad and grandpa are all sitting there and, and, and they choose the hat of the school they're going to attend. And, you know, sometimes there's excitement and joy and, and tears. And sometimes somebody in the family is ticked off because yep. maybe they liked Auburn instead of Alabama, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, I don't know if Eric has any drum roll ability. Not really. <laughs> I wasn't expecting. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I'm just, I'm just curious about, did you even let him know that I'm in Nebraska and where the Huskers are and he's a Hawkeye and we're still collaborating on a podcast? Well, yeah, I, I didn't want to bring that, you up that out. You that out, didn't you? 
Okay. You got us last year, so I don't know if I can say anything. Exactly. That's right. That's right, sir. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why he's choosing one of these three schools that is nowhere near yep. Iowa or Nebraska. <laughs> he's getting away from both of us. Well, that's exciting, though. All right. I don't have a drum roll. I, I do apologize for that. Yeah. So would you like to... Uh, I'll do I'll do play by play. He's going to grab one of these hats and put it on his head over his his headphones, and and then I will announce. Well, we'll let him announce. We'll let him announce the name of the school. So here we go. All right, it's not on video, so I'm currently putting my my hat on on my head, and it's it's Harvard Law School. That's Harvard Law. Yep. Nice. Wow. So what? That's awesome. Good for you. You <laughs> know what you. I mean? I I do not personally know anyone that's sat in your chair that, you know, that's, that's tackling that, you know, and that, that's super awesome. That's, that's what life's about. Yeah. Experiences. I'm, I'm excited. The, the work paid off. That's for sure. Cool. That's super awesome. So do you have to tell the other schools that wanted you that you're not coming? Yep. And, and that was hard because throughout the process, I got to know some of the admissions officers pretty well um, through emails and, and calls because I would ask them about the school. And then when I went and visited, I would meet with them. And I met tons of other admitted students at these schools. And, you know, we're, right. we were texting, yo, did you make a decision? So, yep, I had to send, send the email to all of them. And I tried to personalize it somewhat and just genuinely thank them. But, yeah, that was tough. Was it a, it's not you, it's me kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I tried, to, like tried, that. To, tried to be as, as kind as possible. <laughs> yeah. I got a few of those when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. So as you were growing up, we're going to go back in time, even before high school. Sweet. What Was there anything uh, that you really liked to do? I mean, just tr trying to get to know you a little bit more. I mean, other than uh, the majors and the minors in college, I mean, what really excited you through life before that? Yeah. So, I mean, one big thing is I'm a big Hawkeye sports fan, obviously, but I love baseball, especially big Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals fan. Um, but outside of sports, you know, I, I, I loved doing things like traveling. Um, we got to do a cool trip in high school where we visited a lot of different places going to Europe next week. So that's something that really getting perspective on different cultures is something that's, that's really cool. Um, and then I also, you know, I would consider myself a pretty competitive person. I was, that's something that always kind of fueled me, me sure. and me and uh, your son, Zed were always pretty, he always had me athletically, but academically we were a bit more, <laughs> bit more evenly matched. Um, but I, that, that's something that was sort of motivating to me growing up and, you know, not necessarily beating the other guy, but more beating my, myself and my goals. And so whether that's, you know, sports academically, whatever that might be. Oh, I get it. I, I, I'm a, I joke with everybody here in the office that I'm as competitive as anybody, even if I look like the most calm guy yep. in the room. <laughs> Uh, but anybody that's seen me uh, attend an AAU basketball tournament for one of my kids or uh, maybe coaching a, a little league game, you know, probably knows I'm a little bit on edge. So oh, yeah. that I, I, as I have birthdays, I am calming down a little bit that I've determined that strongly voicing an opinion to an umpire or a basketball <laughs> referee doesn't do any good. But it's, it's tempting. It's hard. <laughs> I get it. I was just at my little cousin's softball or baseball game in, in Michigan and he was pitching and there were a couple of questionable calls. And I was like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, so I'm going to throw a curve at you here. So this is something I ask every guest. And so I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but who would you say is the most famous person you've ever met or at least saw in, in close proximity or, you know, sort of a close encounter, we'll call it. I'm not saying you had to have the elevator speech with him, but I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll do, 
I'll do one that I actually met and then a different one that I was in close proximity to. So I actually met George Kittle. You know, he's obviously a Hawkeye. He's oh, playing sure. for the 49ers now. And he's he's pretty good, uh, the Iowa City community. He comes back frequently. And it was actually just this year he came back and he was just hanging out in Iowa City bars. And I ran into him, talked to him, super friendly guy. He's, took a selfie with him, um, talked to him for all five seconds. But, he, he was a little taller than you, right? Yeah, a little bit taller than me. He's got, he's, he's got at least a couple inches on me. Um, but yeah, it's always fun when the, the pro Hawkeyes come back. I've seen like Tristan Wirfs and um, sure. it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and then also when I was in LA a while ago, you know, Mel Brooks, of course, Spaceballs, um, the director, we yep. saw him, we were on one of those cheesy Hollywood tours where they drive you around and they oh, try yeah. to spot celebrities. Yep. Yep. He was the only celebrity we saw, but he was super friendly, waved at the bus and that was pretty cool. I'm a big movie fan myself. So I enjoyed that. You think that was sort of staged that they just put him out there certain days Very or it was just possibly. random? Very possibly <laughs> staged. They said, this is a coffee shop he likes to go to. And there he was right there. Wow. Super cool. Uh -huh. Super cool. What else you got for me? Got anything random you want to talk about? Um, well, we can always chat about, uh, can always chat about your college experience and, and kind of what, what you enjoyed when you were in college and kind of what you were involved in that sort of stuff. Okay. So yeah, I'll call that bluff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you mentioned the George Kittle story. So that sounded like you were in an establishment known as a bar. Yep. Yep. I right? was. So when we named this thing, raising the bar. So, I mean, it ah. seems like we're sort of, sort of coming full circle. Yep. So, okay, let's go. I'll challenge you back. Um, how about if we each try to pick three bars from our history of college? Now, my college was many years, if not decades <laughs> before yours, and, and we'll just highlight three apiece. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, let's do it. So you can go first or I can go first. I don't care. Should we do like I do one, you do one? Okay, we can do that. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah, I'll start. I'll start at third. So I'll do, I'll do top top three. And I, and I should preface, this is as a graduated senior. If you would have asked me this as a freshman in college or a sophomore or a junior, I probably would have had different answers. Well, exactly, because you wouldn't have been old I enough wouldn't to have get been, in. I wouldn't have been in the bar. That's exactly right. So it's from an outside perspective looking in. I sound like an attorney. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, but, Hypothetically, let's say you were in there as a freshman, sophomore, or junior as well, though. Okay, so just... just you, you can just... We'll act like we don't know when you were there. All right, that sounds good. <laughs> Um, all right, we'll do, we'll do third. So I, I'm going to go with the airliner, which it's a pretty historic bar in Iowa city. You know, my parents went to school at Iowa too. So they went to the bar. They've got this really cool drink called a hammer, which no one really knows what's in it, but you kind of do. Um, good. <laughs> it, they let a bunch of my like college friends would work there and they have dollar slices on Sunday, dollar pizza slices, okay. just a good atmosphere, good environment. Um, so that's probably my, my third favorite sports bar type. I sports assume. bar type. Well, that, yeah. Okay. Uh, my number three, I went to college at Buena Vista, which is in Storm Lake, Iowa. And my, I'm going to call it number three might've been the place my friends and I spent the most time, but I'm still making it three on the list. It was called Bojangles. Oh, okay. Which was, um, basically pool and darts on the main floor, dance hall in the basement. And actually now I have a fun story. Oh boy. Okay, here we go. So my buddies and I would attend, frequent the place frequently. <laughs> and so we, my one friend got to know the bar owner quite a bit. And he was, he was a, a large gentleman. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say six, four, 300 pounds North sort of something. <laughs> so there's a, there's a Saturday. He had notified my friend that he needed 
two guys to come and help move a pool table. Okay. So my friend, who's a bigger, stronger guy than me, recruits me for some <laughs> reason. So me and my friend show up there to move this pool table. And the guy looks at us like, and he says to my friend, Donovan was his first name. Donovan, why'd you pick this guy? <laughs> oh man. And I'm like, you know, I was sort of offended at first. And then they proceed to tell me they're moving the pool table from the main floor down the basement steps to the dance floor area. This isn't a straight staircase. It's a curved staircase. Oh, wow. Like a lot of steps. <laughs> and so the bar owner and his friend are strong, big dudes, yep. for lack of a better phrase. My friends, same category. I am easily barely north of half the size of anybody that's else is in this project. So we start this project and pretty soon I figure out I'm on the bottom side of this thing with my friend. Oh man. And we, we yelled up top. We're like, how come, how come us two guys are down here? And they said, because we wanted the small guy down there in case this thing, you know, gets out, gets away from us. Oh, Whew. anyway, we got it done. And that's the last time I moved to a, a, a pool table. Yeah. Those things are not light either. So I can only imagine moving it downstairs. It was a disaster, disaster. <laughs> but anyway, it was kind of a fun, fun place to hang out with. Yeah. Or at, at, I should say. There you go. Cool. Well, we actually have a bar called Bo James. So similar to Bo Jangles, but you know, not, not on the list, unfortunately. My, Interesting. Yeah. My number two is uh, Brothers, um, which is, it's probably the biggest bar in Iowa City. They always do these polls on like Twitter about best bars. And that's always kind of the one that wins. Um, but they do this thing on Thursdays. It's called Mug Club, where you pay four bucks for a little mug and then it's a dollar refill. And so it's more of, it's an upperclassman bar, but you know, you'd always go there and do Mug Club on Thursday nights, you know, <laughs> if you didn't have an exam the next day or something. And it's a cool crowd, um, huge bar. They've got a nice outdoor patio area and that was a cool place to hang out. It's a Chicago style bar. They've got a couple other different ones in different cities or okay. college towns around the country. Very cool. That story allows me to tie in inflation. Okay. So before I announce number two, I'll go back to number three. So Bojangles, the place I mentioned before on Friday nights from seven to midnight would have drown night is okay. what they called it. $5 all you can drink. Pretty good. So in your scenario, $4 for the mug, dollar for the drink, right? So mine was $5 and yeah. that covered you the whole night. You spent way more on uh, pool and darts and <laughs> wow. things like that. So the point of that, things cost more today than they used to. And that's the best deal in Iowa City too. <laughs> you go somewhere else and it's not even close to $5 all you can drink. Well, there you go. So... Um, but you know, we are all about moderation, right? Right. There yep. you go. Okay. Anyway, number <laughs> two, uh, also in uh, storm Lake, uh, we went to a place called Larry's tap okay. it was just a downtown hundred year old place where retired gentlemen would hang out pretty much all day long. And then they had a pool table or two, and then all the college kids would show up <laughs> and that would be when all of the local town people would evacuate because yep. they didn't want the yep. uh, jukebox which was a machine over in the corner where you put money in. I know. The played some oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Not, come on. They're, they're fun. Yeah. They're still around some places. I'm, I'm in my mid fifties. You're in your early twenties. I, I got to, you know, try to be funny here. And there. <laughs> so how about your number one? So my, my number one is, it's probably, if you went to school at Iowa in the past, this probably wouldn't be on your list, but it's sort of a big up and coming bar. And the past couple of years, it sort of became like the spot in Iowa city and it's DC's is what it's called. Um, and it's the 
perfect game day atmosphere. You might remember when the Hawkeye women were in the national championship for basketball. That was the spot to be. They've got a huge big screen, two floors, um, great environment, especially for game day, but also just on, on a regular night. It's always a good crowd. They have steins, you know, which are those big, big yep. glasses and you get a stein of beer for like four bucks. So, you know, not $5 all you can drink, yeah, but still, right, still right. a halfway decent drink. Yep. And that was kind of our favorite spot this past year, senior year. So okay. I'd, I'd say that's, that's my number one. Okay. Before I announce mine, I'm going to go off on a new tangent. So you, when you mentioned, uh, the Iowa Hawkeye women and Caitlin Clark, yep. you know, um, and you're in the legal profession or, or I mean, in the know, how about what is your take on college athletes essentially getting paid for NIL name, image, and likeness ability? Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I don't know a ton about this, but sort of my just very broad view thoughts are, you know, I think it's good that athletes are, are getting paid. I think it does cause some issues, especially with the transfer portal. I think you're seeing a lot of athletes just go to where all of the money's at. And I think that's going to help the bigger market schools, you know, your Bama's, your, right. your Blue Bloods. And I think that's going to hurt. Iowa actually had a pretty good transfer portal, but I think that is going to hurt, you know, smaller market schools, especially non-Power 5 schools. Right. Um, but again, I don't, I don't really know. I just, I, I've seen some commentary from coaches and, and executives that are, that are saying it's, it's because of NIL that's causing all of this transfer portal chaos. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's good that athletes can, can make money off their name, you know, if, if, if they're the ones kind of bringing in the revenue, but maybe there needs to be a little more or more regulation or, or, or something to moderate it. Yeah. You know, I think throughout history, there's proof that, that boosters, athletic boosters, you know, would, would get money or age sports agents would get money to, to athletes. And, and so maybe it's good from that perspective that there's a, a legal way to do it now, mm -hmm. this NIL stuff where it's, where it's an agreement, it's a contract essentially. Mm -hmm. So I get what you're saying. The problem to me probably becomes the NCAA with the portal, meaning that I don't know the details, but it seems like essentially anybody can transfer anywhere they yep. want at any time. And a lot of that, I don't know, it's because of COVID. If we make up a rule that's like, you know, now you get more freedom. You know, so I, I guess I'm good with the NIL freedom to take advantage of your name and your likeness if mm -hmm. I'm the athlete. Maybe the portal should be tightened up where if I'm going to choose Alabama because they got money to pay me the NIL dollars, then I better just go there first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of having a good year at Iowa or Louisville or somewhere, and then you transfer, you know, to, to a, to a more winning program or a program with money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's definitely a lot of issues with the portal, but I mean, if we live in a capitalist country, shouldn't be, shouldn't people be given the right to, to make money? Yeah. Yeah. That's you true. Know? I don't know. There you go. I threw that out, yeah, out of left field. That was out of, out of nowhere. But generally, and I've said this before too, if, if you want to know the answer to something in life, you follow the money. Yeah. That's, you know that's what true. I mean? That's always the case. Anyway, ah, bar number one for Corey. And so this one, I am picking this one purely on name recognition alone. Okay. So this is actually from my hometown of Primgar, Iowa. There's only one Primgar in the world, by the way. Oh, and I, I've been there. And so, um, there was a restaurant and then they had a lounge in the back. And so this, I mean, I was growing up, you know, I was a young kid, but I'm just going with the name being cool. It was called the cat's eye. Nice. Now the funny part of the whole story is the I is spelled capital I 
It's not like E-Y-E. Oh, that's weird. That's what I thought. And so now the proprietors of that place, whose names were Orla, Orlin, <laughs> Orly, Orly and Edna <laughs> was their first two names. But anyway, they're gone. And, and I don't know if there's still family in North America that might run across this podcast, but I would sure love to know what their thinking was when they went with cats capital I. Yeah, I was going to ask you if there's a story behind it, but I it's just nothing. unknown. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Weirdest part of the whole deal, in that lounge on the wall, there was a clock that was a, a black and white cat whose tail would swing side to side like a, like a grandfather clock pendulum, huh. and its eyes of the cat would move the same way as the tail. Little weird. <laughs> so, Little weird. So I have no other details about the greatness of the place other than just now the building's gone, the people are gone. You know, it's just, it's a memory. It's got character, that's for sure. Well, there you go. What do you think, Eric? You got any input on that or is it just too damn weird? <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what this bar you speak of is. What is, what is a bar? Bar. What is um, a bar? Establishment know, where you can get beverages? Is it, this is what we're talking about? Yeah. Is this an Iowa thing? Are we confusing all of our national listeners? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I can't say that I've ever frequented a bar or one with an I in it or... <laughs> Or one that you can drink all you can drink for five bucks? Good gravy. That yeah. would have been, uh, that could have been a problem. I wouldn't be here if I had found a bar like that. <laughs> well, and and, and the, the funny part is, you know, they opened at 7 o'clock on Friday night, and there'd be like the same 14 guys that showed up at 6.45. <laughs> like just standing in line. It was like... Uh, it was like Black Friday. Tears <laughs> where they just walk in. Norm. Everybody knows exactly who they are. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, yeah, you make memories, you move on, and uh, see what you can do. And, and we all try to just make the world a better place by the time we, uh, we check out. Right? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's fantastic. So, yeah, unless there's any final questions from our uh, studio audience, I, I think we're good to go here today. Yeah, I, I think we, Zach, I want to apologize because I did not know the direction of this podcast when we started, and I never would have said anything about red meat had I known you possibly might run for president, because I think we just ruined you right there. And then Corey brought up the bar scene. So now <laughs> that people know that you've gone to bars and had red meat, I think you're out. I don't think they'll, you know, I don't think they'll elect a president like that anymore. Yeah, I, I guess I might be in trouble <laughs> on that front, but I'll just have to embrace it. But you'll be in good company. So I, per, perhaps we should now include a disclaimer that we did all of this in fun and fabricated the entire. <laughs> <laughs> Any stories are not truthful. I'm actually not going to Harvard. I'm not from Iowa. That's <laughs> the opinion of me. But all seriousness aside, if you do get to a high level position in Washington, I might be about ready for a career change where I could be a you know treasury secretary or something. Hey, perfect. <laughs> you, you got the job already. I'm sure. I'm sure they could use you in DC. <laughs> uh, I don't you know. know that for a fact. Any listener uh, to this podcast knows that DC could use Corey Selva every day of the week. So, absolutely, for sure. Well, gentlemen, if there is anything else, please, by all means, speak now or forever hold your peace. Uh, I think this was a great podcast, a lot of fun. Zach, you were a great guest. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a blast. Always always great to chat with you, Corey, and good to meet you, Eric. Maybe, maybe we should bring you back in two years after you've gone a little deeper in the pool. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll probably have some more insight. Probably can <laughs> complain about brutal law school classes and <laughs> and learning about black letter law and millions of hours of studying. So right now I'm in the great phase where I can like say I'm going to law school, but don't actually have to do any of the work yet. So yeah, I'm enjoying fair. it. Yeah, seems fair. Yeah, appreciate I mean, you. Yeah. Next time it should be uh, in person meeting for all three of us and uh, a steak and a nice bar and Corey. <laughs> You're paying at the cat's eye. <laughs> I'm volunteering, <laughs> volunteering Corey. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Well, hey, if anybody is out there listening, has been a long time listener, or even maybe this is your first one, Corey talks about a lot of different things. He's he's, he's got a great library podcast. Go back and investigate those. A lot of great educational information. Brings on guests for fun and uh, for education for the audience as well. Uh, but go back and check that out. Corey, if folks are listening to this, and like I said, maybe this is not their first time and they're like, you know what? I like the way this guy rolls. I want to ch chat with him a little bit more about my personal situation. Um, give them some contact info so they can reach out to you and talk to you. Absolutely. I mean, we like to believe that we do things a lot differently and more personally than, than a lot of other offices out there. You know, So we're happy to talk to people anytime. Give us a call. 800-657-4316. Fantastic. Thank you both again. And of course, our last thank you always goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Corey comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hymanson Wealth Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Win Podcast, What's Important Now, the show that helps you achieve your financial dreams. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money by Corey Hymanson, visit www.hymansonwealth.com or give us a call at 712-472-3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.